to Today on Broadway for Monday, November 26, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, uh, welcome back. We are here after our mini hiatus for the Thanksgiving holiday. We won't get into uh, uh, Puzzle Gate that happened to you on Thursday <laughs> night. Uh, just let's make sure that when you're doing a really hard puzzle, you have all the pieces. Um, now, um, <laughs> I hope that everybody had a great holiday. Um, we had uh, an episode that I did uh, in the feed on Thanksgiving. I think it came out on Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. with uh, Louis J. Stadlin, who was playing Horace Vandergelder in the national tour of Hello, Dolly. He was a ton of fun uh, to talk to. If you are down in my neck of the woods in central Florida, they are going to be at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts beginning tomorrow, Tuesday. I will be there on opening night. Uh, so I'm very, very excited to see him. And, of course, the incredible Tony winner, Betty Buckley. So if you haven't listened to that episode, uh, check it out. They're going to be all through Florida for the next month and then heading out west to the desert in California uh, after the first of the year. So if you are in one of those places, listen to the episode. Get your tickets. Yeah, that was a great interview. A lot of fun. uh, So fun. Taking a listen to that. And, um Yeah, it was uh, quite the thing. You know, I haven't read forward in the script. Are we talking about the parade? We are. That'll be our second story. So we'll get to that. All right. So let's start with the first story then. Uh, We'll talk about celebrity autobiography welcomes new stars. Yeah, we've talked about celebrity autobiography, how they had like this rotating group of people uh, with a few extra folks sprinkled in. There's Rachel Dratch and Cecily Strong who are doing multiple performances. Alec Baldwin and Susan Lucci are joining um, for a couple those Mario Cantone as well. But we found out a few other fairly big names joining over the past few days. We're going to start, James, with the one and only Tony Danza. Oh, he was yeah. the first one announced. He will be joining uh, this show. I guess I mean, it's it's a Broadway show. So he's returning to Broadway on Monday, December 10th. Then Matthew Broderick a name fairly well known to uh, fans of both stage and screen. He will be in the show tonight along with another stage and screen star, Tate Donovan. That's a name I wouldn't have expected for this. Um, But so Danza on the 10th, Broderick and Donovan tonight. If you're unfamiliar, Celebrity Autobiography is a long-running, award-winning off-Broadway staple in which celebrities act out passages from other celebrities' memoirs, often to hilarious results. The show will play the Marquee Theater tonight. And then on December 10th and December 17th, remember, they were originally going to also be doing a show on the 3rd, but it got canceled for scheduling reasons. Seems odd. But uh, uh, but James, these aren't A-list stars, but they're, you know, those are names. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that they're waiting this late to announce them or to get them signed, uh, because I, I would think that Matthew Broderick being a part of this would would at least sell some tickets. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think that this or is not. pulling together on a wing and a prayer. <laughs> it's good to see uh, Antonio LaDanza making his way back to Broadway. Uh, last time we saw him was on Honeymoon in, honeymoon in Vegas. Uh, the uh, let's, my, let's be honest. Nobody actually saw him last time in Honeymoon in Vegas. Well, That's I, why. I did. Uh, right, I saw him. You didn't pay to see him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's. Fair. That's fair. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think that this is very interesting. I, I'm interested to see how how much, how full it's going to be and how um, how much buzz there's going to be around this uh, um, celebrity, auto, celebrity autobiography. It's, um, 
I don't know. I, I just don't know. <laughs> Nor I. All right. So uh, perhaps next week we'll uh, report. I wonder if they're going to give us Broadway grosses on Celebrity Autobiography. That'd I think they'd have to. Yeah, I think they'd have to. I don't think they have to give grosses, do they? I mean, we got him for Lewis Black. Yeah, we got him for Lewis Black, who just did one night a week. I mean, this is a Broadway show in a Broadway house with Broadway producers, so I would imagine they'd have to report that via the league, wouldn't they? I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if you have to. I, I think that it's traditionally done. I don't know if you have to do okay. it. And, we will see uh, a week from tomorrow then. Yeah. And who's to say that any of these Broadway grosses are actually real? Uh, you know? Absolutely nobody. <laughs> there's there's no way to validate any of, any of these sales. Anyway, uh, next up in the news, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, uh, it made history, didn't it? Yes, it did, James. And not just for the record low temperatures that performers, marching bands, including the best damn band in the land, thank you very much, uh, mm -hmm. balloon holders and parade goers had to endure. But at the end of the performance from the new Broadway show, The Prom, actresses Caitlin Kanunen and Isabel McCullough shared a kiss, as they do in The Prom on Broadway at the, well, at The Prom uh, at the end of the show. No big deal. Fairly traditional. I'll be honest with you. The first time I watched uh, the, parade, uh, the parade performance live, didn't even notice it. Uh, but... Lots of other people did notice it, James. That's because the kiss is believed to have been the first ever same-sex kiss in the parade's history. And let me tell you, the nut jobs online took it incredibly <laughs> well. I'm lying. They had a bit of a meltdown. Um, but most non-assholish rational people accepted it with the joy that it was intended and deserved. Um, lots of uh, really great reactions from people not just in the uh, the Broadway community that were aware of the show beforehand, but also people um, who feel marginalized in one way or another, not just uh, LGBTQ plus, but uh, just people in general who who saw something that, you know, made them feel seen, which I think was really wonderful. And it obviously fits very well with the themes of the prom. Um, I do not want to be cynical about this uh, uh, because I, I 1000 percent believe and, you know, I don't like to say 1000 percent because that's not actually possible in cases like this. But I, I believe that this was done completely legitimately and earnestly and there was no cynical reason to do it. But, man, I've seen a lot more people talking about the prom uh, after the parade performance than I did before. And it didn't have to do much of anything with the performance itself. So I am hoping that this little bright uh carving of sunshine uh, over over the Thanksgiving holiday will help their Broadway grosses as well. Um, but if you would like to relive that performance or any of the other parade performances, there were seven of them uh, from Thanksgiving morning, we will have a link in the show notes to check those out. Yeah, yeah. We often talk about Venn diagrams, the Southern Poverty Law Center, their, their list of hate groups, uh, their, their, their listing of hate groups might be a Venn diagram overlap with the groups that uh protested this kiss uh, yeah i sort of feel like that 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 i i don't remember the one that i don't remember the one that i saw retweeted a lot it wasn't the family research council which is obviously mm -hmm. one of the most obnoxious and assholeish groups out there but it was very similar to that and it was like oh my god uh they they sh shoved this down our throats well, I mean, really, the only thing that was being shoved down a throat was a tongue. But that is neither here nor there. Um, and it really just it wasn't that 
big of a freaking deal. I just uh... yeah, they they're talking about the uh, the damage it does to the children, the damage <laughs> it does to the children. Meanwhile, we're shooting tear gas at children on our southern border. Yeah. So yeah. All right. What's up next in the show and casting news? Okay, we've got some fun stuff, but we're going to talk about it throughout. So uh, be ready to give me some uh, theories and, and thoughts here, James. But first up, last week, Manhattan Concert Productions announced some of the cast for February's concert production of the Scarlet Pimpernel, a show that I have said many times that I uh, love quite a lot. Uh, Laura Osnes will return to both MCP and the world of Frank Wildhorn as Marguerite, while Norm Lewis will continue to play roles originated by Terrence Mann as Chauvelin. Uh, also in the cast will be Corey Cott. He will reunite with Osnes, his bandstand co-star, as Marguerite's brother, uh, Armand. Um, also in the cast will be Dana, Castel, uh, Dana Castello as Marie and Drew Galing as the Prince of Wares and Robespierre. Now, James, you might have noticed that I did not say who will be playing the role of Sir Percy, the titular Pimpernel. Well, sticking with the plot, that apparently is going to remain a bit of a mystery, at least for now. MCP will be hosting a bit of a contest via their social media. They will be providing some clues to the actor's identity and then inviting guests via uh, an email uh, address that you can send your guesses to. The winner, uh, one of the or if you guess the the actual actor and submit your your guess, they, you will be entered into a lottery for two premium orchestra tickets. The winner of the lottery will be announced with the casting announcement. So. As of now, James, they have not had any hints. Um, MCP social media is fairly barren. Like, I don't think they've tweeted uh, other than this stuff for months. Um, but thinking about this, Percy is not an easy part to sing. Um, it requires a fairly wide range, including some pretty high tenor notes, requires a lot of strength and power to be the Pimpernel, also needs some fairly well-honed comic chops. Um, so you would think that given this whole big blown up contest that they're going to have a name that's fairly well known. So the first names that came to my mind, sticking with the theme of reuniting with Laura Osnes was Jeremy Jordan, her co-star from Bonnie and Clyde. He can do all of those things. Um, and another name that I thought just because I think he'd be great in the role and he's fairly well known from his uh, multi seasons as a regular character on one of the law and order shows um, would be Raul Esparza. The problem with that is, is he is not only significantly older than Laura Osnes, uh, he reads significantly older than Laura Osnes. So I don't know that it would be him, but those are the first names that came to mind. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if it ended up being an even bigger name than those two, uh, just because they're making a pretty big honking deal out of it. But we will soon find out. James, do you have any thoughts on uh, who could be playing Percy uh, in this concert production of the of Scarlet Pimpernel? Douglas Sills. Don't. Don't even tease me with that, James. Uh, if you if, if that actually happened, I would uh, be on a plane. I, I, you know, I think that that would be the smartest thing for them to do. I, you're serious. You actually think that could happen? I do. Or should happen? I think it should okay. happen. Yeah, I do, too. He was amazing. amazing. I've said we've, we've talked about this, yeah. that he was fantastic in the show. And the fact that he is not a big honking musical theater star after that performance defies me. I I. I understand people hate Frank Wildhorn shows, but this one was actually pretty good. At least 1.0 when I saw it, I liked it a lot. Granted, I was 17 years old when I saw it, but Douglas Sills was incredible. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm excited to see who it's going to be one way or the other. Yeah, I uh, I would 
I I would I would pay for a ticket yeah. to go see that. Cool. Yeah. All right. So next up, James, um, even though she is still on a month or so of vocal rest, it was announced last week that one Catherine McPhee oh, yeah. would be returning to the role of the pie maker Jenna when Waitress makes its West End bow beginning on February 8th at London's Adelphi Theater. No other casting has been announced as of yet, although in typical cat fashion, she posted a number of very funny videos, sans talking. Uh, to um, uh, commemorate the announcement. One was a very Love Actually inspired video, which was quite fun. Another one, I think it was a Smash reference. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, check out her social media. She is a great follow, as we've discussed many times since her hilarious, completely bum-fuzzled appearance uh, at the Tony Award nominations. Now, speaking of people returning to projects, Deadline reported that Tony winner Andy Blankenbuehler has joined the upcoming Cats film as the choreographer, replacing the previously announced Wayne McGregor, who had to depart due to scheduling conflicts with the Royal Ballet. Blankenbuehler, of course, basically recreated Gillian Lynn's original work for the most recent Broadway revival. Now, James, this next story, before we get into it, I'm going to give you a trigger warning. Be prepared. Okay. But last but last week, Michael Riedel reported that Live Nation, CAA, and Entertainment Benefits Group are, quote, about to snap up a Broadway theater where A-list rock, pop, and country performers will be in residency for three-week stints, obviously in a smaller version of the incredibly successful format done by Bruce Springsteen's Springsteen on Broadway. Now, at first, I thought Riedel was saying that they were going to buy a Broadway theater. That's usually what when someone snaps something up, what that yeah. means. But based on his article, that's not the case because he's talking about, you know, some different theaters and stuff, not buying them, but basically locking one down. Um, Riedel said that while no performers have been confirmed, CAA artists, CAA is like the biggest agents uh, to big movie and music stars uh, and TV stars as well. Uh, some of their artists that are being considered are Ariana Grande, Kelly Clarkson, Bette Midler, Aerosmith, Carrie Underwood, Lionel Richie, James Taylor, Demi Lovato, Diana Ross, Faith Hill, The Eagles, Michael Buble, and Adam Lambert. However, the two names at the top of the list are Beyonce, although her price might be too high to make a three-week stent profitable, and Barbara Streisand, who apparently is interested in bookending her career with a return to the Great White Way. Riedel reports that all involved would like to cap the tickets at $500, but if demand is there, it will be, that that $500 cap is not set in stone. Going with the uh, uh, the Ron Howard narrator voice, it's not set in stone. It will be much <laughs> higher. Um, Riedel says that the Broadway and Luntfontan theaters are in the mix should King Kong and or Donna Cole and the Donna Summer Musical uh, give up the ghost sometime in the early winter. James, wh what do you think about this? This is something interesting, something different. We talk about, you know, the idea of that happening quite a bit. I don't know that I would, you know want this to happen to eliminate a Broadway theater from normal Broadway shows. Um, but it's interesting. And we've said that we kind of figured that this would happen eventually. I actually had a discussion with somebody else about this uh, a couple of days ago after the Riedel article came out. Um, I'm all for, you know, two and three week stints here and there to fill in empty spaces, but to lock out a Broadway theater, even for somebody who I love like Bruce Springsteen, he's been in there for more than a year and, you know, Bruce Springsteen can play anywhere. 
he can there there's lots of different places in Manhattan he can play but there's there's only limited number of spaces that a Broadway play or musical can be uh in Manhattan and and make a financial go with it I'm uh, so I think it's uh, I'm not happy about this I I don't want to see this happen again it's great if somebody can fill in spots with a dark theater for short runs here and there but mm-hmm. to lock out the Broadway theater the Broadway theater yeah. to lock out that or uh, one of the other houses um, for an extended period of time. We have so many projects looking to come in. Uh, I think that that's, uh, you know, uh, I hope that it doesn't happen. Yeah, I would be, I would be all about CAA and Live Nation and whatever that other entertainment benefits group actually purchasing a theater that is not a Broadway theater, but in the area, I mean, we talk about some of these theaters that they can never figure out how to make them work Buy a space that had, that you can get 1500 seats in and do this on your own, have your own theater. I would much prefer I mean, that. And, could, and even if you want to make it, if you, if you want to get it classified as a Broadway theater, do that. I'm fine with that. I just, I agree with you. I have a problem with them occupying a Broadway house when we already have such a log jam. You know, the uh, uh, Roseland was an opportunity for them to do something like that. Uh, Roseland could have become a, you know, easily a thousand, two thousand seat theater that they could have built apartments above it as they've done anyway. Uh, they could do that Hammerstein Ballroom. There's a million different spaces oh, yeah. uh, in and around New York City. Uh, in in the Manhattan central part of Midtown, where they could do those things, uh, you know, there's no reason to go after or cannibalize yet another Broadway theater. Uh, mm-hmm. When you know we have it, it, this is not the '70s when we had you know 15, 20, 30 uh, theaters sitting dark and nobody making money in them. They're, people are dying to get into Broadway theaters. There's a lineup to get in, as we talk about so often. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. We'll see what happens there. But finally, James, uh, pretty interesting. And uh, I think something that we, we won't get into in depth here, but something that we might talk about in the future. But coming up this Friday through Monday, check your local time zone to know exactly when. But we'll get to that. The London production of Lauren Gunderson's play I and You is going to stream online completely for free on Instagram. Yes, that's right. It's going to be on Instagram TV or IGTV, which is a thing that apparently they're still trying to make happen. And this isn't just any random production of Lauren Gunderson's show. Lauren Gunderson is one of the most produced playwrights in America. uh, So it could just be a random production. But no, it's actually going to be coming to you from the Hampstead Theater in London. And it will be starring Game of Thrones star Maisie Williams, along with recent uh, acting school graduate Zach Wyatt. The show closed this past weekend at the Hampstead. um, But you'll be able to watch it on the theater's Instagram account, as well as Williams's, Wyatt's, and Gunderson's. The Times are going to be Greenwich Mean Time, so check the information in the show notes to get the exact timing of those three days, that three-day window when you can watch it. This is the seventh Hampstead production that has been presented for free online uh, as part of its access for all programs, so that's a, a pretty interesting thing. James, this is obviously a very different model than what we have for streaming here in the States, uh, but for things that aren't likely to have a huge amount of monetary value for something like 
Broadway HD or aren't going to get or Fathom um, or any of the other th uh, companies that do things in movie theaters and really aren't going to have a ton of interest for PBS. Like, I think this is great. I mean, this is probably a huge thing for Gunderson uh, to have this show free for people around the wor world to watch. You know, maybe get her some more licensing. Not that she needs it. Like I said, she's one of the most produced playwrights in the country. But I think this is kind of great. Yeah, I really love to, you know, the out-of-the-box thinking here. Watching it on Instagram, is the, this is geared towards personal handheld devices. Uh, it was too easy for the uh, IGTV thing. We could have said uh, they should stop. I IGTV is not going to happen. Stop trying to make it happen. But <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> So but per perhaps, uh, yeah. But, but perhaps uh, this is something. Uh, and I, I forget there was uh, there was somebody else who was trying to uh, produce streaming uh, plays and musicals. Maybe you can remind me of it. But it was really not so much so that uh audiences could see it as much as artistic directors and other people can see a show up on its feet to you know per perhaps book it into their theater for the upcoming seasons yeah i think you're talking about yeah i think you're talking about streamingmusicals.com they did uh emma tone uh, oh, paul right. yeah. paul gordon's emma that's starring right. kelly barrett um, it's the only thing that's on their platform now, and it's not a subscription service. It's a rental or to buy yeah. it type of thing. Uh, but they're doing them on like sound stages, so it's not a current production. Uh, so it's more specifically about the individual ones, and we kind of theorized that it was more for that purpose than actual, you know, the completely just capitalistic money making thing uh, on its own. Uh, tangential to this, uh, we talked about Hal Prince's documentary on PBS and. Uh, at least in my neck of the woods in New York City, you can watch it off of PBS.org, PBS.org, yeah, for mm -hmm. free. I think, I, I, I don't know if there's a geographic restriction on it, but you can watch it for the next two weeks or so for free. Uh, it's about an hour, 20 minutes. Uh, got really high, high review marks from Michael and Peter. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. And uh, the buzz around social media is really a lot of fun about it. I saw a, a lot of performers uh, talk about the first time that they ever met Hal, the first time Hal cast them in anything. Uh, so it was, it was like an in addition to supplemental DVD extras, if you will, on <laughs> social media. Yeah. Um, so well, yeah. I, hope, I hope that you know helps uh, Hal out. I would really like to see his career take off and something really good yeah, happen. Yeah, you know, eventually it's going to have to take off. You know, Hal's been uh, uh, failure to launch. <laughs> all right. Well, if you'd like information on any or all of those stories, please check out the show notes at BroadwayRadio.com. And of course, check out this week on Broadway. As you mentioned, I, I didn't mention the top of the show. I completely forgot. Uh, but you guys talked about the prom. Also talked about um, Matilda at the Walnut Street Theater uh, and some other stuff, too. So uh, check that out. And we'll uh, it's right one episode back in this very podcast feed. Yeah. And my name is James Reno from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for starting off your week with us, and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.